strong women, smart policy, solid theology, and no apology. You're listening to Women for America, a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the nation's largest public policy organization for women, bringing you biblical perspectives to today's most pressing issues. At 10 years old, like I said, all I dreamed was about being a college soccer player, a dream I knew I could achieve as long as I worked hard and put my mind to it. And at 18, I was able to live out my dream. But current 10-year-old girls cannot live out the same dream as long as men are allowed to compete in women's sports. So now, no matter how hard girls work, you can't do that. Biological men can compete in women's sports. I will give you one one warning on Hi, everyone, and welcome to Women for America. My name is Morgan Schlesselman, and I'm the National Director of Young Women for America. You just heard a snippet from a recent event in which Young Women for America Ambassador and California Family Council Outreach Coordinator Sophia Lori was kicked out of an event at a public library in Davis, California for supposedly misgendering people. Sophia was asked to speak about her time as a college athlete, and as she began to share her story, she was immediately silenced by a disruptive crowd, including the librarian. She joins us today to share about her experience. Welcome to the podcast, Sophia. Thank you for having me here, Morgan. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Um, if you want to start by just kind of telling us how you got involved with YWA first um, and what YWA has meant to you. Yeah, YWA. I was familiar with what YWA was, but I wasn't a part of it until um, my junior year of college. And I was interning in DC for a different organization and a couple of the girl interns were a part of YWA and they were super encouraging about why don't you join it and they were just telling me all the amazing things YWA does and so I applied to be an ambassador and then I think like a week or two later I got to go check out the YWA office and meet with you all in person and it has been honestly such a blessing to be a part of YWA. Being from California, it's very rare that people my age and girls have the same beliefs as me. And sometimes it feels a little lonely out here. or Sometimes I feel I'm the only one that thinks this way. And so when I joined YWA to find out there was girls my age from all across the nation that share the same values that I do, believe and agree um, in the same things that I do. It was extremely encouraging. And then to be put in a group chat with all these girls where we're praying for each other and talking about, hey, I'm doing this, can you guys pray for me? Or, hey, I'm struggling with this right now. Or, hey, does anyone wanna meet up? I'm here. It's just been beyond amazing to be a part of the group of girls for YWA. I'm so glad to hear that. And we've loved having you um, a part of YWA. And now you have been kind of all over the news recently, all over social media. Um, so do you want to just tell us kind of what happened to you the other night? What event were you invited to and kind of what happened? I was invited to be a speaker at a forum for fair and safe sports for girls. It was put on by Moms for Liberty Yolo County, which is a county in Northern California. And all it was was an event to talk to the local community about 
What's going on in girls sports right now, specifically in CIF, which is the governing body of all high school sports in California, and to talk about the issue of boys playing in girls sports. So I was asked to MC the event as well as share my personal story. I played college soccer. And so the issue of boys playing girls sports is extremely heavy on my heart. And I was at the event, I, it was at a public library in Davis. And I started off the event just sharing that current 10 year old girls can't ex achieve the same dreams that I had because of boys taking their spots. And that created an outburst from the crowd. We actually probably had about 40 protesters in there as well as the librarian immediately claimed that I needed to leave the uh, meeting because I was misgendering men and women's sports. And I didn't leave because I said, he, he did say you have one more chance. So I began to use the terms biological males and biological females. Um, those terms are redundant, but I used it just to hopefully carry the event on. And that was still unacceptable to him. He told me if I did not leave the event, the event would be shut down. So we tried to move on to the next speaker and I just went off to the corner and minutes later he walked back in, turned the lights off and told everyone to leave the room. So it was a crazy experience and ultimately it comes down to, it was a government official taking away my first amendment right. Yeah. Were you even expecting like walking into this room um, that something like this might happen? I know um, with things I've done with YWA and CWA, and I'm sure you as well with your work in California, you kind of know when you're going somewhere that might be hostile or having protesters. But from what I saw on the flyer, it seemed like this was an event that kind of everyone knew what to expect. You knew what the goal was. Um, so were you even expecting to have this kind of reaction? I was not expecting this reaction at all. I was expecting there to be protesters just because the group that hosted this event, they've hosted multiple events at the library and they mentioned that they've had protesters in the past, that the protesters just stand outside the library, they have their event and call it a day. I was not expecting for there to be 40 people in the crowd that were disagreeing with my viewpoints and I was not expecting for a librarian to shut down my freedom of speech it the whole goal was just to have an informational forum I told everyone that they would all have the opportunity for questions comments concerns at the end and they couldn't wait more than a minute to start throwing the questions and concerns out. Hmm. Now, the topic of boys and girls sports and protecting girls sports is obviously so important to us here at YWA and CWA. We've had several girls, you know, testify on these bills, have current athletes that are also YWA leaders share their story. So um, we want to give you the floor to share what you would have shared that day at the library. Why is this so important to you? Well, this is so important to me because, again, when I was 10 years old, I knew I wanted to be a college athlete. I wanted to play college soccer. That was all I wanted in life. And there was nothing stopping me from doing that. That might mean I needed to go to higher level teams. I had to put in extra practice on my own time. My parents sacrificed so much. They would drive me to practices that would take two hours to get to throughout the week. And then our weekends were taken up with soccer games. So achieving this goal was extremely possible. It just took hard work and effort. And at 18 years old, I achieved the goal. Um, I played college soccer all four years of college. And 
it was the best experience. It taught me discipline. It taught me how to work hard. It taught me how to persevere through losing and persevere through sometimes riding the bench and how to get to win that starting spot. But it also brought me the best of friends and the best of memories. And it ultimately helped pay for my college education. And my heart just is absolutely broken for the girls today that don't feel like they can achieve this same dream because they're scared to play because they don't want to be injured by men. They're scared to play because they don't want to be put in locker rooms and having to be changing next to men. And I, again, it sports literally brought me everything in life. It was when school was hard, when there was drama with friends, if there was family issues, being able to just go out and play soccer and practice with my teammates, that was the two hours every night to get away from everything, to forget all the problems and just do what I loved. And I want girls to be able to experience that. I don't want it to be a scary situation for them to go to practice. I don't want it to be a scary situation for them to be playing against a male and knowing that they could be injured. And again, like you talked about, people are testifying and there's bills happening all across the nation, either against girls sports or protecting girls sports. And so I just want to do everything I can for girls now, for my future daughters and granddaughters to have the same abilities to achieve their dreams as I did. Yeah, well, we're so grateful that you're speaking up. And um, obviously, the events that happened at the library shouldn't have happened. You shouldn't have been shut down. But hopefully that um, even though they were that this has given you an even bigger platform to stand on this issue. Um, so do you have any advice for other young women who are silenced for standing up for truth, whether it's um, in their college classes, or maybe on a sports team or just in their job? Do you have any advice for them? Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to stand for the truth in current day. The world is so polarized, but you have to keep doing it. You're gonna you're gonna lose friends. You're gonna have people unfollow you on social media. You're gonna maybe have people say not very nice things about you on social media, but you are gonna find so much more community and so much support. There are so many people that are supporting this whole issue. And you just have to do it because if we cooperate with what they're asking of us to do, if we stop speaking out on this, if we change the language we're using to fit their narrative, what else will we give up on? And ultimately, this it's not about us. When you stand for truth, it's not for yourself. You're standing for it for every single other person, for the people that are too scared to. So you have to unfortunately be bold and stick to the truth no matter what society is telling you because again if we don't do it our daughters aren't going to have the same america we grew up in yeah um well you so i'm another california native um talking to you from california and um, you do so much great work in California with the California Family Council as their outreach coordinator. Um, and I know I always admire seeing what you're up to over on the West Coast um, because it's so important being a light in such a dark state. And so do you want to just tell us a little about the work that you're doing over there in California? Yeah, I am the outreach coordinator for California Family Council. And at California Family Council, we work daily to advance God's design for life, family, and liberty through California's church, culture, and capital. So that means sometimes during the week we're testifying at the Capitol, mostly testifying in opposition to a lot of the bills that we're seeing be introduced here in California, as well as we host events like the March for Life. We host election day prayer vigils and California can be a very dark place. 
And so it's important that we don't give up on California and don't forget California, especially because what we see happen in California, it's not staying in California. It's spreading across the nation and it's spreading quickly. So that's why we're just fighting here nonstop again to advance God's mission to advance God's word and keep things safe for everyone here in California. And we actually this Monday were announcing three initiatives and one of them is to protect girls sports and and spaces here in California. So I'm really excited to get the ball rolling on that and hopefully start protecting girls more in California. That's awesome. Um, As you kind of been working on this in California, is there maybe one issue that gives you the most um, hope in California or you see that you're like, okay, Christians are united on this issue here and ready to make um, progress or is there something like that that you see? Yeah, it's really the whole gender issue. I am seeing people wake up and speak out that never have before. They are tired and upset with, again, girls losing out on opportunities and girls being put in unsafe situations. And we are seeing people show up to the Capitol. We just had um, over a thousand people here at the Capitol this Monday at a rally and then they all went to lobby to legislators against five bills and the five bills had to do with a lot of the gender ideology issues so that's waking people up in california and you know i think it's really encouraging a lot of people across the nation don't realize that but there are so many people here in california that are on the right side and standing for what's right and even with the whole gender issue we're now seeing churches talk out talk about it and pastors speak out about it which is now leading to pastors that have never spoken on abortion speak out on abortion in their churches so this is really opening so many doors it's getting so many people involved and it's a winning issue Wow, I'm so glad to hear that. And I think some of our CWA of California leaders were even there on Monday at the Capitol. And um, I think that was even right after the aftermath of the storm that hit California. So that's amazing to hear that despite all of that, there was still a thousand people out there making their voices heard. Um, Do you have kind of a favorite moment that you've had so far with your work um, with California Family Council or a moment that sticks out to you? My favorite moment with the California Family Council, um, we host the California March for Life. And I have been pro-life my whole life, started to get more involved into what it really means to be pro-life my senior year of high school. And my freshman year of college, I attended my first March for Life in Washington, DC. And then two late years later, I'm helping put together the California March for Life. And I just remember, sitting back looking at everything and seeing like the thousands i think we had two thousand people show up to our last march for life here in california show up and stand for life and i just broke down into tears of joy because again when you're in california you can feel so alone you feel like you're the only one that believes this way it feels like a dark place but to see people drive eight, nine hours up to the Capitol, fly and spend money on a hotel room and make it possible to get up here and stand for life was such a beautiful moment. And I just, it really showed me that Californians are pro-life and Californians are standing on the right side of issues, no matter what people are seeing happen in the news. 
Well, I love hearing um, your story and just kind of seeing God's fingerprints over all of it and those pieces of, like you said, from when you first attended to the March for Life to then being able to plan it in your home state for as part of your job. Um, so you do you want to share a little bit about your faith and what that has meant to you and how that has guided you to where you are today? Absolutely. My faith is just the reason why I do what I do today. It would be a lot easier to just go work in a random job and not be getting sent hate and death threats on my social media and not being called all these crazy names and being told I'm an awful person. But when you're a Christian and when you're a Bible believing Christian and you understand what the word of God says, we have to fight for that. And something that keeps me going in California is John 1633. The word just says that we need to take heart because even though we're going to have hard times here, God's already overcome the world. And that's such an encouraging message that we are going to see him in heaven one day and he's already won the biggest battle. But while we're here on earth, we need to continue fighting the battle and we need to continue sharing the truth of God. So I grew up in a Christian household and I grew up at a church that was very open and honest that as Christians, we need to be involved in what's going on in the world. And a lot of people say, why do you like being involved in politics? And I don't, and I don't really think I'm involved necessarily in politics. I'm just standing for biblical truths and biblical values that politics have just happened to take into their hands. But again, being a Christian, I know that God loves life. The second life is created. And so we need to stand for the unborn. I know that God created us male and female perfectly in our in his image. So we need to stand for what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. I know God created marriage between man and a woman. And that's a beautiful thing. And so we need to stand for those things. And people tell me, well, you're being controversial. And unfortunately, yes, we are in a sinful world. And it is controversial to say these things as a Christian. But as a Christian, we're called to say these things. So having that faith in Christ has led to everything that I'm doing with my life. It's really what keeps me going when things get tough, just knowing that the world hated him first. So they're going to hate us, too. But we got to keep spreading the truth because the only way people are going to come to Christ is if they hear the truth. And we can't share a watered down version of Christianity with them. We have to let them know that God loves them regardless of their sin. But as Christians, we want to be doing all that's possible to live a life not in sin. Absolutely. And I love that you pointed out that, you know, so many of these core issues that you're working on, we're working on, they're they're not political issues. They might have become political issues, but they truly are um, biblical issues, biblical topics rooted in, you know, Genesis 127, that we're created in God's image or Genesis 2 and um, that he created us male and female. So that's so good. Um, and kind of creating us male and female perfectly ties in to a new um, thing that you have launched. You have your own podcast and you were so kind to recently have me on and it was so much fun. But do you want to tell us a little bit about your vision? and what your podcast is yeah about two or maybe three months ago now i started a podcast and it's called this is a woman and the entire goal is the truth of what a woman is and we as women are being erased in current culture i think it's a beautiful thing that there's so many differences between males and females i think we both play amazing roles we both have separate roles like it's a beautiful thing that we can be mothers one day and that's just being erased people are saying that anyone can be a woman people can't even answer the question what is a woman and 
for me, if you go online and you want to search, like if you're a 15 year old girl and you're trying to search something about womanhood, you're not even get a real answer about it because no one can answer what a woman is. So I just wanted to start a podcast to share and amplify the stories of amazing women, as well as there to be a place for girls to come learn from other women about how they've gone through things about their testimonies. And, you know, I just recently did a podcast with someone who discussed human trafficking, because that's something that widely affects girls and women. And so it's going to be a wide range of things. We've talked about a lot of pro-life issues on the podcast. We've talked about human trafficking, but we're also going to talk about hormonal things, how to best control your hormones as a female, what's the best food, what's the best ways to go about that, because girls have a lack of space to go to to learn these things, and I want there to be a place where they can learn from women that can actually tell you what a woman is. Yeah, I love that because I think you could, you know, search the internet and find some of those spaces, but they're either not going to amplify the true dignity of womanhood and actually what a woman is. Um, and so that you are creating a space that is rooted in biblical wisdom. Um, I'm so excited about, and you've already had um, an amazing lineup of girls with amazing stories. So I highly recommend um, people listening, but do you have any other advice you'd love to share or anything else you'd love to talk about? Yeah, I guess for advice, it would just be to stand and talk about the things that YWA is talking about, that California Families Talking Family Council is talking about. It's not popular. And again, like I mentioned earlier, you have to keep standing in things even when it's not popular, especially for our generation. You know, we grew up, I think. I think Instagram came out when I was like 11 or 12 years old and I probably had an Instagram account the same day that Instagram came out. So we grew up in a culture that you're looking for affirmation nonstop on social media. You're posting the picture. I remember in like eighth grade, me and, me and my friends, when we would post a picture on Instagram, we would text the group chat. I just posted, can you go like and comment? Because you wanted everyone to see that you were getting all these likes and comments. And my heart breaks that that's the society that we're currently living in today, but to remember that instead of searching for affirmation online, instead of silencing your truth and silencing um, yourself to not stand up on these issues because you are afraid to get hate or things like that, that to remain steadfast in God's word and just dive in to the Bible because our affirmation is from the Bible. God clearly makes it known that he loves us so much and that he made us perfectly in his image and especially as a girl you know it's so easy to look in the mirror and hate what you see and look on social media and see all these models and girls in bathing suits and wish you would look like that or it's easy to not want to talk about these things on social media because you don't want to be hated for it but you have to remain steadfast in god's word and ultimately you are going to, like I said, God's won the biggest battle. And so find your affirmation in him, find your trust in him and fear God more than you fear man. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sophia. And we are so grateful for um, the role model that you are to young women and the resource that you can be to people um, in California and all across this country. But how can our followers keep up with your podcast and the great work that you're doing in the state of California? The best way for the podcast, if you go on Instagram and just search, this is a woman podcast, you'll find the Instagram account and in the bio, it has the links to the Twitter and Facebook to be able to listen to the podcast, also the website and the website, just this is a woman podcast.com. 
So that's the best way for them to stay updated. We put out new episodes every Monday morning so they can tune into those. And then also on my personal social media, it's just Sophia.Lori. So it's S-O-P-H-I-A dot L-O-R-E-Y. And so I'm always sharing stuff from my California Family Council's um, social media on my personal account. I'm sharing my podcast stuff. So that's kind of the best way to see everything that's going on. And then again, you'll see I reshare my work stuff, but it's California Family Council on Instagram and you can follow along with that as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, Sophia, for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Morgan. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women for America. To keep up with the work of Concerned Women for America, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and head to our website, concernedwomen.org.